Hi everyone, welcome to the weekly Parsha Share. This week, uh, the Parsha Share is sponsored by Aaron and Lillian Fuchs and Jason Fuchs in memory of Lillian's mother and Jason's grandmother, Sylvia Glatter, Zelda Baslea Olea Sholom, whose yard site is on the 14th of Elo, and Hashomah should have an Aliyah, we should all be Zoycha to see Techias HaMesim. It's Parshas Kisovoy. And uh, we're going to look at the Nesivas Sholom, Bahoya Kisovoy Ela Oretz. Of course, the mitzvah that uh, um, Kisovoy begins with is not uh, a mitzvah that we are familiar with. It's the mitzvah of Bikurim, the first fruit. In the time of the Beit HaMikdash, they used to uh, cut off the first fruit. They would identify whichever was the first fruit to bud. They would tie a little string around it and then it would grow into a full fruit. They would bring it to Yerushalayim. They would make a whole presentation in a basket to the Kohen and they would give him that first fruit. The parasha begins, When you enter, it shall be, and when you enter the land. Of course, it's not possible for you to keep this mitzvah right now, says Moshe Rabbeinu to the Jewish people. You can't keep it now because you don't live in the land of Israel. This is a mitzvah that only applies to the land of Israel, the Oretz, Eretz Israel, And until you get there, until you establish yourself, um, yourselves in the many different places that you're going to establish farming agricultural communities it's not possible for you to observe this mitzvah at this stage it's still only a theoretical mitzvah and it will be when you enter the land that the lord god gives you then you will begin to observe the mitzvah of bikurim says the nesivas shalom isa besefer akodosh told us yaakov yosef he quotes a famous piece from the Toldos Yaakov Yosef. Who was the Toldos Yaakov Yosef? He was Rabbi Yaakov Yosef HaKoyen of Polnoi. He was one of the principal, one of the primary Talmidim, the disciples of the Baal Shem Tov. And in fact, he was the first person ever to publish uh, any of the thoughts of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov himself never wrote anything in terms of a sefer. He wrote letters. We do have records of correspondence uh, that he, where he corresponded with uh, various members of his inner circle, his family, but we don't have any svarim that were written by the Baal Shem Tov. Nevertheless, we do have a record of his teachings because Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Katz Hakoyen of Polonoi, he was a Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov, and he quotes the Baal Shem Tov in his Sefer, told us Yaakov Yosef more than 250 times. And he says, this is what my rabbi, my teacher taught me. And therefore, we know the thoughts of the Baal Shem Tov. We can actually um, write a safer of the thoughts of the Baal Shem Tov based on the teachings of Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polonoi. And Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polonoi published his safer, told us Yaakov Yosef, in 1780. And it came as such a bombshell to the non-Hasidic world that there were those who banned the book. And in fact, there were incidents where the book was burnt because it was considered to be um, so dismissive of the existing rabbinic fraternity, many of whom uh, were considered by Hasidim to be very stuffy and to be uh, elitist and to be exclusive. Uh, and Rabbi Yaakov Yosef writes in his Sefer, and he, many times he quotes the Baal Shem Tov in such a way that you understand that this was one of the central themes of the Hasidic movement, was to popularize Torah learning, not to in any way uh, diminish the great scholarship of great rabbis, 
but to suggest that those rabbis who are very engaged with each other in the study of Torah at the highest possible level, they are rocket scientists um, by parallel when it comes to Torah study. They, are, they have excluded the common man, the ordinary individual from studying Torah, and therefore we want to bring Torah study and the concepts of Torah and the concepts of, of Judaism and of observing Judaism in the best possible way to anybody who wants to access it. And this was the idea of the Hasidic movement, at least in its early period. Um, of course, since then, things have changed somewhat. But the Nesivas Sholem, he does quote the Toldus Yaakov Yosef, and he, here he quotes a famous piece of the Toldus Yaakov Yosef of uh, this Sefer. And uh, one must assume that it is based on the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. He says... Uh, that um, he wants to explain that there is nitzchius, there is eternity in the observance of Torah and in the words of Torah. That means even if a, there is a mitzvah that you don't observe anymore because it's no longer relevant to us, because we live in a world where the circumstances for its observance have been removed. For example, Bikurim. There's a mitzvah called Bikurim. We can't observe Bikurim because there's no Beit HaMikdash, there's no temple in Jerusalem. And if there's no temple in Jerusalem, the whole concept of bringing the first fruits to the Kohen is, no, is not relevant. Nevertheless, we know that the Torah wasn't given just as a time-bound document. It wasn't given to us just so that we should know what to do at that particular moment in our history. But it is an eternal document, a document that delivers messages that um, outlive specific mitzvahs and have messages that can be drawn from any mitzvah that is relevant to our lives, even at a time when a particular mitzvah can't be observed. So he says, We know that the Torah is eternal. How is it possible to observe the mitzvah Bikurim of the first fruits? If there is no base hamikdash, Ella, the kavonas vayaki sovela aretz. What is the uh, the introductory posuk? This posuk that introduces the mitzvah bikurim ki sovela aretz when you enter into the land. Haynu albias hatzadik loolam haelyon. He says it. There is a literal translation when you get to the land of Israel, and there is a non-literal interpretation of ki sovela aretz, which is for a tzadik when he comes to the olam haelyon to the uh, to the heavens hanikra eret ha the heavens are referred to as eret ha the um, upper or the elevated land it's not obviously a physical material place it is a place that uh, we can't define in any kind of scientific sense but nevertheless we know that there is a realm a region that was created by God, which is called Shomayim, which is not a physical region, which is uh, an, a, a region where our Neshomas reside and where God resides. It's called Eretz HaElyoyna. Vahoya Loshen Simcha. And we know that the word Vahoya um, always begins, whenever you see a chapter beginning with the word Vahoya and it shall be, it, uh, it denotes Simcha, it denotes joy. Shesimcha Hiloi. A tzaddik, when he comes to Shamaim is going to be happy. When he comes to the Olam Haba, when he comes to the eternal place of rest. Because 
because when he was in the physical realm, when I mean, he was in the material world, he suffered, he experienced difficulties in the, because of course he was a very righteous or she was very righteous. They weren't able to function fully in that kind of world, in a material world where there was such a draw uh, against spirituality and against um, being uh, in a relationship with God. But when they get to Shemaim, there is no barrier. Now that they, they can bask in God's glory, so they are happy. Vahoya ki savoy el haaretz, and the oiloi there is he has light or she has light. V'toivloi, and it is good for them. Lo oir darkoi shahaaretz haynu oilam haba says the Nesiva Shalom. I'm going to go with this idea of the Toldus Yaakov Yosef that the word eretz. Uh, doesn't actually mean land in a physical sense, but can be interpreted to mean uh, something non-literal. And what does it mean? I'm going to say, he said it's Olam Haba. I'm going to say, I'm going to take that one step further. I'm going to say the Olam Haba mentioned in this posuk of Ahoya Kisovay Oretz is not just talking about Olam um, Haba, in the sense of the place that where our neshamas will reside after we're no longer part of the material world when we die. It's also talking about Shabbos. We know that Shabbos is referred to as Olam Haba. We sing on Shabbos, Me'ain Olam Haba. We have a sense, we have some type of feeling on Shabbos of Olam Haba, of the ultimate destination of every neshama. And that is Shabbos. And we know that in the introduction to the Zohar, the Zohar is the, is the principal book of Kabbalism, of the Kabbalah. It says, Ba'artseinu do yom Shabbos. When we use the word Artseinu Eretz, Artseinu, we're talking about the Shabbos day, De'iu dugmas Eretz Achaim, because somehow the day of Shabbos has within it the sense of the ultimate place, which is known as Eretz HaChaim, the land of the living. It's a kind of euphemism, but the ultimate form of life is spiritual life. And when you're no longer bogged down by the physical body in which we all live in this world, it's called Eretz HaChaim, Shehu Olam Haba Olam HaNashomais. That is the world to come, the world of souls. Uber Medrash, the Breshis Rabba Medrash tells us, Dorshu ha posuk, the posuk, they explain the posuk in the Medrash as follows. Which posuk? began Eden. The posuk in Bereshit says that Odom Arisham, once he was created, God placed him in Gan Eden, in the Garden of Eden. Le'ovda ulashamra, to work it and to guard it. What does that mean? Shabbos. It means actually, it's a euphemism. It, it's not a direct understanding of the words. The words La'ovda or Shomra may mean what we think that they mean, but they're not actually, uh, um, they, they have another meaning, a parallel meaning, which is much deeper and much more profound than simply that Odom Harishon was put in a place on earth called Gan Eden. He was given the mitzvah of Shabbos. The word Vayonach, so because it's a similar word, Vayani Chehu began Eden, Vayonach Bayom Hashvi. Remember that we say that when we say Kiddish, Vayonach Bayom Hashvi, they rested on the seventh day. And Vayani Chehu is a very similar word. It means that Adam Harishim was given the mitzvah of Shabbos. What was he given it for? Laovdo, Sheishes Yomim Tavoid. Six days there was work. Laovdo, 
is a kind of is a literary um, um, associative word with the Sheishes Yomim Tavoid work. The work that we do during the week is paralleled with this word with reference to Gan Eden. Ula Shomra, that's also a literary associative word because we know that the Aseras Adibris says, Shomer es Yom Hashabos Lekadshay. You should observe the Shabbos. God, observe. It's the same word. Hebrew doesn't have a lot of root words. And therefore, there's a lot of doubling up. And we can use that to create literary associations. It says, We know that That's What does it mean that God put Adam Harishon in Gan Eden, it's a fascinating interpretation. It means that God gave Adam Harishon the mitzvah of Shabbos. And what it's really telling us is that Adam Harishon wasn't taken from one location and brought to another location. There is no location on this world that is called Gan Eden. But wherever it was that he was created, the site of, of Adam's creation, God said to him, here you shall be, and here you have a special gift, and it's called Shabbos. That's what um, the Nesiva Shalom says. As a result of which he was in paradise. Gan Eden is the um, term that we use in the Bible, in the Torah, in Tanakh, for paradise. The concept of paradise is parallel with the concept of Shabbos. The two are compared to each other. You should know that Shabbos is a form of paradise in this physical material world. Why do we need this concept of la'ovda? Shabbos is Shabbos. Why do we need Sheshes Yomim Tavoid? Sharei Vayanechei Began Eden Hainishan Asal Mitzvah Shabbos. We know it's enough for him to say Vayanecheu Began Eden, and we just say Lashomra. That would be sufficient to tell us that God gave Adam Harishain, Adam, the mitzvah, the commandment of observing the Shabbos. Why do we need the word Laovda? Sharei Vayanechei Began Eden Hainishan Asal Mitzvah Shabbos. There's words in the nigan that we sing. You know the song that we sing on Friday night, a beautiful nigan. I hope you sing it every week. It's an absolutely beautiful song. The words there are very, very profound. What do we sing? We say, so we say this idea that Shabbos is beautiful, is fine for the Neshamas, for the souls. Vahashavi'i, in the seventh day, Oineg Haruchos, is the pleasure of the spirits. Ve'eden hanafoshois lis adein bahavoscha v'yeroscha, and it's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful for the souls to, and lis adein, what does adein mean? What does Gan Eden mean? Do you know what it means? The word Eden has, by the way, a few different translations. I'm going to use a particular translation. It means to improve. La'aden, to make something better. Gan Eden, it's a garden, not 
the same type of garden that you've ever experienced. It's a garden of something better, higher, more beautiful, more sensational than anything you have ever experienced. And what is Shabbos? Wants to improve your level of love for Hashem and your level of awe that you have for Hashem. How do we explain the words of this, of this beautiful song that we sing on Friday night? It's not just the purpose of Shabbos, that Shabbos in and of itself is holy. And that on that day, the souls of each individual that observes Shabbos are elevated. It's not just about that that it's on that day that it happens. Do you want to know what the effect, the impact of Shabbos Kodesh is? It is the source, it is the essence, it is the root of all the holiness and all the blessings. And it's The entire week we still benefit from the fact that we observe Shabbos. You observe Shabbos, now you're going to have Sunday, Monday through Friday. You're going to have six days of Avoidah. You're going to have six days of not Shabbos. How are you going to survive that? We need to have a spiritual life jacket. We need to be able to survive in the choppy seas of a six-day week. How are we going to do that? We have Shabbos. Shabbos gives us a lifeboat that carries us from one Shabbos to the next. So that we can improve, we can enhance during that period of time our love for Hashem and our awe for God. It improves, it enhances, it creates a better standard of a level of love for Hashem and of our understanding of that even though we don't have Shabbos the whole week long, we shouldn't become totally immersed in the materialism of the weekday during the period of time when we don't have Shabbos. You should know that Shabbos has such a powerful impact. It doesn't only affect your heart and your brain. It affects every single limb of your body. Reb Nochum Chernobler was one of the very early Hasidic giants. And we know that there was a story that once occurred about uh, um, to him. He said as follows, He said, you know, I don't feel, my left foot doesn't feel very Shabbosdick. It doesn't feel like it's experiencing Shabbos. And he couldn't understand. He was shouting. He was complaining. He was a bit upset that his left foot wasn't feeling Shabbos. When his barrier. And they looked into this and they wanted to know what's wrong with his foot. They called the doctor. They called everybody. They wanted to know what was wrong with his left foot. And they established that there had been a mistake. It seems that whoever it was who was his attendant when he prepared his clothes for Shabbos gave him the wrong sock for his left foot. And he felt that his left foot wasn't completely at the level of Shabbos. He knows even his 
ankles, even his, the bottom of his leg can feel it's not quite right, something not right. I wish we would be at that level, that we're so concerned about Shabbos that if we're not completely immersed in every aspect of Shabbos that there is, that we feel um, that we can feel it. We have a physical symptom, we have pain, we have suffering, we don't like it. That wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? Reb of Chernobyl was at such a high level. He was so spiritually aware, so spiritually sensitive that he was wearing the wrong sock. He was wearing a weekday sock and it affected his Shabbos and he wasn't, he wasn't comfortable. There's a Gemara in Tanist of Chesamad base. It says as follows. Shemesh b'Shabbos tokal aniim. The sun on Shabbos is charity for the indigent, for the poor. She'ein oni elobadas. We're not talking about an oni who's poor in material sense. We're talking about in the in the sense that they have a lack of awareness. They're poor in their awareness. But if somebody celebrates Shabbos, somebody is, appreci- uh, is, is uh, totally immersed in the holiness and in the activities of Shabbos, their das, their intellect can be affected. And even though they lack um, a sensitivity, an intellectual sensitivity to things which are spiritual, if they keep Shabbos, if they sit down, they have Kiddush, they have Lecha Mishnah, and they sing Zemiris, and they have the foods of Shabbos, that somehow will affect them, and their entire being will change, even their intellectual capacity, which has been impoverished by a lack of spirituality, will be enriched as a result of experiencing Shabbos. From the... The stars of the heavens above that are lit up as a result of the light of the sun, as it were, until the very darkest, it reaches to the very darkest places of the human condition. We know, therefore, that Shabbos is similar to this idea of a Shemesh, of a sun, which brightens everything and can shed light on anything. That is the same as Shabbos, and that's what this Mamar Chazal in Tanis means. Shemesh b'Shabbos tstoka le'aniim, the Oir HaShabbos who tstoka le'aniim. V'zeh Masha Omru Chazal v'yanichayu began Eden, and that's what it means when it says in the pasuk Chazal tell us v'yanichayu began Eden. Shenosan lo'im mitzvah Shabbos. The Adam Harishain. Do you know what happened? God gave him the mitzvah of Shabbos. He didn't put him in a new location called Gan Eden. He simply delivered to him the mitzvah of Shabbos. Adam and Adam was created, came into being on Friday afternoon. The very first thing that happened to him after his creation was that God gave him Shabbos. He put him in Gan Eden. And um, because there was nothing worse for an Ashama than to be put into a physical world, into a physical material realm that drags you down, that doesn't allow you to appreciate and to experience spirituality and a connectedness to God. And therefore, the immediate remedy for this, terufa, what was the remedy that God gave Adam HaRishon? Is he gave him the mitzvah of Shabbos. 
mitzvah Shabbat, Shezeh HaGan Eden HaAmiti Alei Adam. So you should know the ultimate form of paradise. The true paradise on this world is the paradise of Shabbos Me'ein Olam Haba. Shetzadikim Yoshrim V'Nehenim Miziv HaShchina. If you're righteous and you truly appreciate the existence of God, when it gets to Shabbos, you can bask in God's glory. And you should know that this is an incredible remedy. It's one that's wondrous in terms of being able to remediate, to cure, to resolve all the sins that people commit and all the terrible damage that can occur to a human body and in the human condition during the period of one's life from when one is born to when one dies. Vezer Pirish, and this explains the word la'ovda. Hainu tikkun l'sheishes yamei ta'avoid. You should know that there is a solution, a resolution to the fact that for six days of the week we're involved and engaged in everything that is material and physical. And that is, We must observe the Shabbos in order to sanctify it. And that will act as a resolution to the fact that we have been placed in a material world as was evidenced to us by the fact that God placed Adam Harishan in Gan Eden, not a physical location, but a location which is a time location, and uh, the location is known to us as Shabbos Kodesh, as the Holy Sabbath. And this is very similar to that which we have seen in the Medrash, where it says, It's a fascinating Medrash. It's a Medrash that describes a scene, paints a picture for us of Adam Harisha meeting Cain. Adam met Cain after he killed his brother Abel. And he says to him, after he killed Hevel, I know the story. I know what happened. I know you murdered your brother. But what was the story of your judgment? What was the verdict? So Cain said to Adam, to his father, he said, I repented. I did Teshuva. And I made a compromise with my creator. That's how he answered his father Adam after he met him for the first time following the murder of his brother Hevel. And he was so surprised he began hitting his face as it were, touching his face. Omar he said, it's unbelievable. This is the power of Teshuvah. Isn't this incredible? Odomarishain said. I never knew anything about it. I had literally no idea that this is the power of repentance. You know what he did? He immediately he composed the psalm that of course was later recorded by David HaMelech in Tehillim, Mizmar Shirli Yom HaShabbos, let us sing a song for the day of Shabbos. V'lichoyra Kosher says the Nesiva Sholem, this medrash, beautiful medrash, very dramatic, but it's somewhat difficult to understand. Um, why v'nispashartim koini? What does it mean when it says that Cain told his father that he had compromised with his creator? Are we suggesting that somehow we can do a deal with Hashem? That somehow we can make an arrangement? Is this what we're talking about? He had protexia with Hashem and he made a deal with him? What are we saying? And similarly, why at that particular moment did Adam Harisha and Adam uh, compose the 
the beautiful psalm that we say every Shabbos, Mizmer Shili Yom HaShabbos. What exactly does this episode of his meeting with his son have anything to do with the day of Shabbos? And he explains it, the Nesiva Sholem quotes his ancestor, one of the Slonim Rebbe's, uh, a relative of the Slonim Rebbe, who was the, uh, the, uh, one of the original um, of this particular dynasty in, in the Hasidic world, and he was a Sabakadisha of Lechovitz. He says, He says, The Posik says that God created a sign on Cain. And we know that uh, Cain carried this sign, as it were, and this was a sign that was very important because it allowed everybody to know that this was Cain and that he had to wander his way through the land. What does it mean? Even though um, we, uh, we understand that he was cursed, that he had to wander from one place to another. Do you know what happened? This is fascinating. Cain only struggled to have to wander from one place to another on weekdays. But when it came to Shabbos, he didn't have to wander from place to place. Um, uh, he placed a ois for Cain. He gave him a sign. What is that? You know what the word ois means? It has a literary parallel. And that literary parallel is Shabbos. Why? Shabbos hanikris ois. We know that Shabbos is also called a sign. Between me and the children of Israel, Shabbos is to be considered an eternal sign. To the sign of the mark of Cain, as it's referred to, is not a mark, it's not a sign, it's not a tattoo. It is a day of the week, and it is the day that we call Shabbos. You should know on Shabbos every week, he was completely re-energized and he was put back into his original, I guess, position, whatever it was. He wasn't treated in this very terrible way that he had to be nov or nod. He had to run around and be a wanderer. And this, it seems, was the arrangement that Cain reached with Hashem. Not an arrangement where he somehow uh, had a plea deal and he bargained with Hashem that he'd got a lesser sentence. He simply said to Hashem, on Shabbos, don't make me be a nova nod. And Hashem, of course, agreed. It is an eternal sign. That was the mark of Cain. Of course, I accept the punishment with open arms. I want to do teshuva. I want to achieve penance. But in order to do so, please, at the same time, allow me to observe Shabbos one day of the week where I don't have to wander from place, from place to place in penance, but I can have a day where I am kind as I was before the hate of having killed my brother Heber. And that, of course, is exactly the reason why Adam composed this particular psalm that we're familiar with of Mizmar Shirli Yom HaShabbos. Really, he was saying the same way as he said, I can't believe that Shuvah works. He was saying, I cannot believe how incredible Shabbos it is. It's literally paradise. 
It is a day when we break off from all the worries and all the trials and tribulations of the weekday and we have a space between Friday afternoon and Saturday night, which is called Shabbat. Even after we know that Cain was guilty of fratricide, he killed his brother. And nevertheless, we know that on Shabbos he, ha- he can be elevated and he can be repaired. He can somehow achieve a state of tranquility that isn't possible for him throughout the other six days of the week. As Chazal teaches us, it's an incredible Chazal. We've quoted it before. Chazal tell us, and they say it in the Gemara, even someone who has worshipped idols has been pagan like they were in the generation of Enosh. If he observes Shabbos, he will be forgiven for that level of sin. It's incredible. Shabbos has this, has this incredible power, this powerful impact on the human condition. If it's observed properly, it can achieve every possible objective, spiritual um, objective of connecting us to God, to Hashem. And that's what the Posuk means when it says at the beginning of our parsha, and when you come to the land uh, that Hashem will give you. We're talking about the elevated land, not the land, the physical land of Israel, but when you arrive in the land of Shabbos, Shabbos Zman Ali we're not talking about a physical space of uh, acres and square miles, we're talking about a spiritual space which is measured in time and it's called Shabbos, it's a time of elevation for everybody. Even in the lowest possible place that you may be, you can nevertheless elevate yourself on Shabbos. Everything, you know, the six days of the week have this impact on our neshama, which kind of suppresses it, pushes it down, doesn't allow us to grow spiritually, but we have this window of opportunity that's called Shabbos, which is when you come to the land, when you reach there, this is what God gives you. Says the Posig, you shall take from the first fruits of the land, what does it mean take from the fruits of the land? It means take of all the things that you are familiar with, which are material, they're physical, you can take them and you can sanctify them. This is the ultimate in Hasidic um, theology, that everything in this world was simply created, not as a means to an end, but sometimes as an end in and of itself. You can create spirituality in the physical world. You have that opportunity, and the, the opportunity truly presents itself on Shabbos. On Shabbos, you have the opportunity to elevate the physical aspects of your life, the food that you eat, and turn that into something spiritual, turn that into something that can sanctify you through the Shabbos. The Kamama Moran Hakodosh Mikobrin. The Kobrina said as follows. The Posik says you should observe the Shabbos because it is holy for you. Lochem. 
What does it mean? Beshabbos gam in yonei lochem heim kodesh. Says the Kabrina, even uh, um, matters in your life which are lochem, which are purely self-serving in the sense that they are physical and material, even them, even those things can be used to sanctify the Shabbos. Heim kodesh. The kedeisa merava kodesh. Remenachem mendel mi vitebs. The vitebska, remenachem mendel mi vitebska said as follows. You should know that if you go through life and you're looking for physical material pleasures, every time you gain pleasure from something, that will create a division, create a division between you and Hashem. It acts as a barrier between you and the spiritual. Nevertheless, says Rabbanach Mendel of Vitebsk, Shabbos is Lochem. Shabbos, the day of Shabbos, Shabbat, that is something where Lochem works. On that day, even the most material, physical thing, the nicest food, and the best wine, and the most wonderful location, whatever it is, that can be elevated. Shabbos offers you the platform. It offers you the opportunity to turn the physical, material world that you are familiar with, and in which in usual circumstances drags you down, in this situation of Shabbos, it can elevate you. And that's why we know that um, we are misaneg besanugim. We uh, take pleasure from the pleasures of life on Shabbos because on Shabbos it's not considered material pleasure. Somehow those material pleasures are turned into spiritual pleasures. And that's why this Shabbos and Bikurim analogy has been created. And that's why in the declaration that we make to the Kohen, that was made to the Kohen by the person who was bringing the Bikurim, he said, I'm placing before you, I brought you the um, first fruits of the earth and I'm placing them before God. Uh, your God, even the fruits, as it were, of the land, those things which one would consider to be mundane, physical, material, irrelevant in terms of our spiritual growth on Shabbos, they become like Bikurim. They can be elevated to the extent that they can turn the physical material world into something spiritual, something spiritually rewarding. It's Gan Eden. It's Me'ein Olam Haba. It is paradise. That's what it means when Chazal say that the Shabbos is like the sun. Because the sun casts light on everything, even the most elevated elements of creation. But because it is like the, the sun, even those things which generally speaking would be considered dark, once the sun comes out, the sun can penetrate with its light even into the most dark locations. So too Shabbos can penetrate into the most material aspects of our existence and turn them into something extraordinary. Shabbos is going to cause 
um, shines its light on the most elevated aspects of the human condition of our spiritual growth but the highest possible you can learn on Shabbos you can pray on Shabbos you can experience this incredible spiritual awareness on Shabbos but even somebody who's not at the level that they're going to sit and learn the whole of Shabbos or they're going to be davening the whole of Shabbos they're just very ordinary but if they understand the power of Shabbos the power of this paradise they will truly appreciate what Shabbos means then Shabbos can shine a light even on the simplest and least connected of Jewish people he will uh, the Shabbos will shine upon the Jew wherever he may be even in the darkest place that they may find themselves in at that time even somebody who has worshipped like the generation of Enosh Shabbos can cure that can you imagine that the power of this paradise the power of this Shabbos and that's what it means when it says that the sun on Shabbos is like a is like stocker is like charity for the poor that the brightness of Shabbos the incredible spiritual brightness of Shabbos can act as a light that can light up even those who are totally devoid of spirituality they're lacking in the knowledge the basic knowledge of what it means to be connected to Hashem they are what the Nesivas Shalom refers to as Aniye Hadas they are poor in knowledge and the Gemara says in Shabbos Taf Yud Amid Base, Amale Akodesh Baruchul Moshe Matona Toiva Yeshli Bebeis Gnozi. Moshe Abenu heard this from Hashem. Hashem says to Moshe to Moses, He says, You know, I've got a beautiful gift in my in my Oitzer uh, in my in my safe house in my storehouse. What is it? For Shabbos Shema. And it's called Shabbos. The name of this gift, of this incredibly valuable, precious gift, is Shabbos. Why specifically is Shabbos referred to as a matona, as a gift, as, and particularly as a matona toiva, not just as a gift, but as a fantastic gift? None of the other mitzvahs are referred to in this way we don't have any other mitzvah that is referred to as matana toiva this is unique to shabbos why would that be because shabbos has this power more than any other mitzvah shabbos to those who are willing to partake of it and to participate in it and to become a part of it it can light up that person's life in the darkest of places. It has this incredible power. It's the power of paradise. It's the Adam Harisha in the Adam paradise that we know of in the, in the parish of Bereshis. The very first thing that Adam Harishon did when he was created was he was placed in paradise, not in a physical location. He was placed in the paradise that we know as Shabbos. And Shabbos is good for every single person. And in a sense, it's like a city of refuge that any murderer can run to. When we say murderer, we don't talk about people who are guilty of homicide. 
we're talking about people who are guilty of not being connected to Hashem, of not being truly sensitive to their spirituality. Because we know that a Jew can rise up, can elevate, can be elevated on Shabbos in any situation that they may find themselves, as long as they utilize the power of this paradise known as Shabbos, and they, they drink from its beauty, from the fountain of its beauty, and they are willing to participate it, in it in the strongest uh, possible way, then Shabbos will act as a light to the Aniei Hadas, will act as a paradise to those who are um, like Adam, uh, created in a world which is dark and difficult and full of material um, uh, beckonings, full of things that one can do which are uh, not as spiritual and not as godly as one would want them to be. It can act as this powerful force every, each and every week. Every single week we can use the power of the Shabbos before and the power of the Shabbos that is coming up to make sure that the six days of the week, La'ovda, is only going to be a reflection of the Lashamra of Gan Eden so that we can observe the Shabbos and turn ourselves into vehicles of spirituality in this world. Thank you. We will leave it here for today.